Hi, my name is Adam Hypock, and you're listening to the College Dropout Podcast. Hi, so today I wanted to talk about three more things. Um, first, I've been thinking a little bit more about this podcast, and I thought I should probably establish uh, what it is or what I want it to be. Um, and what that is, what the idea behind this podcast is, for me at least, is I just, I was living my life, um, saying all these things, all these things that were, you know, things that, for example, I would, in my, you know, a couple days ago, if I would have gotten that, that envelope with the aggressive advertising campaign, I would have told that same story to a hundred people. And it's not even really that funny of a story. It's just something that went through in my head. And it would start to annoy people. So the idea with this podcast is is it's an avenue for me to um, say these things, say them once, um, and move on. It's also an avenue for me to say things that I don't really want to tell people to their faces. Um, that sounds negative, but it isn't really a negative thing. There are just certain things that I don't know how to say yet, or I don't plan on telling them to their faces. So that being said, this podcast is a secret. No one knows that I'm doing it. Or I guess people know that I'm, I'm doing a podcast, but they don't know what it's called. I won't tell them. And I think I'm going to keep it that way, at least for now. I plan to have guests on the podcast when they're guests. I'm not going to tell them the name of the podcast either. So the idea for the guests then would be that they are able to say these things, the things they want to say. Uh, They never have to hear themselves say it again. A lot of people don't like to listen to their voice. I don't either. Uh, I haven't really listened to any of these tracks. That's probably why they don't sound uh, edited or anything, because they're not. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they can say whatever they want to say. They don't have to ever hear themselves say it again, and they have to. They know that uh, they've been heard. Um, but by strangers, which I think is an interesting concept. It allows you to say, to speak more freely. Um, because you're not afraid of hurting the people that you're talking to. Because people you're talking to, you don't know. That being said, I don't really think anyone is listening. I mean, I know I I saw this morning that eight people have listened. Or at least, I guess, press press play. I don't really know how that works. Um, So, yeah. So, it's a secret. It allows me to get things off my, uh, out of my head. I guess the only remaining question is then why am I publishing this if I if there are things that I don't really want to say to people? Why not just uh, press record and then save it or something? Um, I don't really have a good answer for that. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out, but I'll probably figure it out. Right now it just feels kind of cathartic, and I think putting something up forces me to, to do it every day, which is good. Anyways, let's move on to the next topic, uh, which... 
kind of connects with what I just said before, this, the things that I don't really want to say their face, but also not necessarily bad. I had a thought a couple of days ago. I've been thinking it through. I think I finally um, can articulate it well enough, at least for this podcast. It's about my dad. I think that my dad is a good example of like someone who really has like an absolute love for their son. And I guess I'll explain that by 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 this way. Um, so my interests as his son, or I guess my interests as a person, are I like to write music and play music. I um, like to read and write. Um, uh, I kind of like painting, but it's not like a huge thing of mine. Uh, I wanted to be a teacher. You know, th- those are probably the things that, you know, I, s- I sing a lot. I play a lot of music. I'm really into music, or at least I was for a long time, and a little bit less now. Um, so it's all those things, the things that I like. And my dad is deaf, which means that he can't hear anything. Um... So all those things that I just listed, you know, music, uh, all the, the, the writing that I do. I, I've done a couple of, like, readings at events and stuff. Um, he can't hear. So all my accomplishments don't... He, I almost said that all my accomplishments don't mean anything to him. I'm, I'm sure they do. They, I'm sure they mean things to him. But I guess the right way to say this is all my accomplishments, he can't enjoy any of my accomplishments. Regardless of that, though, he still um, has always supported th- the things that I did, the, the reading that I did, he went to, even though for him it just meant uh, sitting for, for, you know, for an hour until it was my turn, then I read for 20 minutes, and I'm sure it's not interesting to watch someone read if you can't hear what they're saying, but he showed up and did it anyways. Um, you know, the music thing, I put out a CD, it's not a great CD, but I put out a CD when I was like 12 or 13 or something. Um, you know, he helped me, he helped me, uh, you know, figure out how to, you know, I'm sure you don't know. I'm just saying it's my filler word or whatever. But he helped me, um, you know, we bought a guitar. uh, We bought recording stuff. I bought a drum set, you know, so he supported me through all that stuff. I played one concert and he didn't show up, but that was only because I didn't allow any of my family to show up uh, because I was 14 or something and that was embarrassing to me at the time. Uh... Yeah, so I'm probably going to, the, the thing that I liked most about college uh, was reading and writing, which he doesn't like. I would assume that's because you learn a lot of language through sound. Um, so I imagine it's much harder to read if you don't have an existing word base growing up. So it's not easy for him to read. So really, (laughs) 
it's almost, um, I was thinking about this yesterday, it's almost dog-like because I have this dog, or my roommate has this dog that I, that I live with. Um, our relationship is almost dog-like in that he doesn't get anything from me, like, as if I was his dog. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, he gives so much to me growing up, um, and even now still, but doesn't get anything back, as if I was just, you know, a dog, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I run, I run into the room and smile, or I wave, I mean, I can talk to him, I know sign language, um, that'd be terrible if I didn't, <laughs> I wish I knew more, but I do, I knew, I do know enough to have, I have a relationship with him, obviously, but, um, all my talents and everything that I'm good at and everything that I love, he can't experience. But he still loves me anyway, which I think is like a, a version of absolute love because he's not he's not receiving anything. If anything, I'm just taking um, and then I'm producing things that he can't enjoy. But he enjoys them anyways. So, I'm not sure what the point is that I was trying to make with that, but I just thought it was something I should vocalize because it's kind of helping me, um, you know, put everything into perspective. Maybe that's interesting, maybe it isn't. That's okay. Next, we'll move on to something probably a little more, not relatable, but um, accessible. Uh, and it's this thing that happened at a summer camp that I work at. Um, and even though I just had a whole speech about uh, how this podcast allows me to speak freely, I'm not going to name the summer camp because um, I... I got a, I, I got a, I gained a lot of things from working at the summer camp, um, and I know they would not want to be associated with a podcast that swears and some of the topics that I might talk about down the road. So, out of respect to them, I'm going to go against everything I said at the top of this podcast. Hopefully, this one time, this will be the only time I do this uh, when talking about this summer camp. But I'm sure I'll talk more about it. But anyways, I'm not going to name the summer camp. Sorry. I've, I've worked there for eight years. I'm probably going to work there a ninth year this summer. I love working there, and I respect them too much. But I have an interesting story about it. So, this is a story about when, uh, when a joke became something very real. So, at this summer camp on kind of the edge of property because they had redesigned how the camp had worked so many times. They had a old building that had been there, I believe, since camp had started, which was some 50 years ago or something. Um, and this building was called the Greenhouse. I don't really know why it was called the Greenhouse because it didn't, didn't hold any plants the whole time that I was a camper there when I worked there, which is a span of like, 
oh, about 20 years or so. Um, a little less than that. Maybe eight, 18, 17 years. Regardless, it never held plants or grew plants when I was a camper or worked there. It was, however, used as a nurse's station for a long time because it was ro- located right next to um, the dining hall where everyone ate. So they would, everyone would have breakfast, lunch, dinner. Then it was really convenient because you would leave the dining hall. Uh, and the greenhouse is right there, and you would get your medicine if you needed medicine in the morning, if you were allergic to something, or you needed some kind of, uh, I don't know, ADHD medicine or whatever. You will get your medicine. It was all in an order, and then you could go off towards your cabin or towards your program or whatever. Uh, a few years ago, they built a new dining hall, so the, the greenhouse being the hospital or the nurse station was kind of useless because the new dining hall and everything else really was nowhere near where the greenhouse was. So they started using the greenhouse for um, like an extra place for staff to sleep. So if there were too many staff uh, and not enough places for them to sleep in the regular camp, they could sleep in the greenhouse, which had maybe six bedrooms on the bottom floor and there maybe closer, like four bedrooms, it doesn't matter, on the bottom floor, and then on the top floor it was open, and there was a couple beds up there that people could stay, and it was way more fun on the top floor, because everyone would stay in the same room, we had a TV set up with, uh, just back when you had antennas uh, to watch TV, which really wasn't that long ago, um, so we could watch the basic channels, uh, we had rock band up there at one point, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, um, I had worked there, this was my second summer there, um, I was not 18 yet, I was 16 or 17, um, and if you were under 18, you could do jobs like uh, wash dishes um, or take care of, we had like a, like a farm program with a bunch of farm animals, so you could take care of those animals, and that's what I did that summer. You could also work maintenance, but I I, um, I took care of the animals that summer. So that was my job. So because I was under 18, I couldn't stay in the cabins uh, with the staff. So I and the other uh, miners under 18 lived on the, on the top floor um, of the greenhouse, and it was a lot of fun. And it continued to be fun until uh, one day uh, they found out that I get scared by ghost stories. And I know I kind of talked a little bit about ghosts, uh, not really ghost stories, but freaky things that happened at night in the last episode. And I promise that this podcast won't be a ghost podcast. These are just the stories that I'm starting out with because, I don't know, they're interesting and a little funny, I guess. But anyways, uh, the staff that summer found out that I was kind of easily scared by these things. And they decided to make up this story about a ghost named Emily. Um, so one night, we were, the all the campers had gone to bed, and I, all the miners were allowed to stay up with the staff until midnight, um, and just you know have a break during the day. So we're all hanging out around the fire, and I don't really remember the story, but these two staff members start telling me this story about a you know a camper or. Uh, a neighbor or something that, uh, or someone that got lost and died in the basement of the greenhouse, which 
I failed to mention before, the basement of the greenhouse is terrifying. Uh, I really liked living in the greenhouse over the summers, except I would never go near the basement. Uh, the only way you could get into it, as far as I can remember, was a storm cellar thing. That, uh, that, that thing that has the two doors, and you open them and, like from the outside of the house, and you can go down this pair of steps. I don't know if that's called a storm cellar, but it's, you know, it's uh, kind of the classic. I believe it's in like the Wizard of Oz. They're trying to get her down there or something before the tornado happens. Uh, yeah, so it had this cellar. Um, and it really looked like a, like what you would imagine a fallout shelter being. Like there was a lot of, like it was brick, it was um, dark. There was like one light bulb in the center of the room. Um, there was like a big uh, hot water cooler that was, or not cooler, a uh, hot water tank that was very scary looking and old. And everything was old down there. Um, and so it was just terrifying down there. We used to play a game where we, we would go down there with the lights off and see who could stay in there the longest, and I would not play. Maybe that's how they figured out that I was scared. But anyways, so they told me the, they told me this story that this woman named Emily, camper or neighbor, whatever, uh, I believe she went down there and died, or at least it's what, how I'm remembering it. So and then they told me that, you know, this, this ghost haunts this building. And uh, I was, you know, it was my second summer working there. I had stayed in the greenhouse both years, but, you know, I hadn't been there that long. A, a summer working there is eight weeks. It's, you know, it's two months. It's not that long. You're not there on weekends. So, you know, anything could really happen. Uh, so they told this story, and I wasn't the only person at the campfire. Most of the staff was there. And they were telling the story, and I think it went better than they had planned it, because a lot of the staff started to believe them and started getting freaked out too. So now there's a bunch of us getting freaked out. Uh, and to them it was just a joke. And nothing really happened the rest of that summer. However, the next summer, both of them left, and I came back. Most of the staff that was there last year came back. And people still had to stay in the greenhouse. Uh, I must have been 17 that year. I can't remember. It's a while ago. Because the next year I was, uh, I was a staff member. So I must have been 18. 17 the year they told the story. 18 the next summer. So I come back. I'm 18 years old. I can work on staff. and I, But I get stuck in the greenhouse again, just for, I think, the first week, and then, again, maybe the fifth week or something, because they couldn't find a spot for me in the regular cabin circle, um, because enrollment was lower those weeks, or something along those lines. So I'm in the greenhouse with just maybe one other person one week, and, and you know, maybe alone or something. Not a lot of people. Um... And the story of Emily starts circulating again. Uh, and the thing that changed that made it scarier was this: the next year that I was there, I stayed on the bottom floor. Not the cellar, 
and not the open room second floor, which is much nicer, the, the, the ground floor, which is uh, the three or four rooms. And each room was a different kind of scary. Uh, there was one room that was right next to the entrance to um, the basement. So I guess there was an indoor entrance to the basement as well, now that I'm remembering that. Um, so no one wanted want to sleep in that room. There was a room at the end that had a really terrifying picture of Jesus. Um, he was just, he would look like he was faced right at your bed. Um, and so no one would stay in that room because that freaked them out. There was a room that on the door, there was an Amish kid. And he was freaky looking. And on the, on the poster, it was a poster of an Amish kid. Terrifying looking Amish kid. And it said, Jesus loves you, don't you know? So no one wanted to stay in that room. So there was really only one or two, what is that? Yeah, one, one I guess one normal room um, at the end of the hall. So that's one I stayed in. It was right across from the bathroom. Um, and so I stayed in that one, and I made someone else stay in the other room because I didn't care. I was terrified. And I would sleep with the lights on, uh, which... You know, I did that Sunday night, I did that Monday night, and no problem. I did that Tuesday night, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, the lights are off. And so I freak out a little bit, um, and I turn it back on, and it... I guess this is important to the story. The I wasn't using like the main light, like a light switch. It was a little lamp um, on like a, a desk, so it was a little tiny like one of those like tubes that you push through and it the lamp clicks on. Uh, so something had turned it off and it was freaking me out. Um, but you know it was like three in the morning, so I went back to sleep. I turned it on and went back to sleep. So the next day, I, I, I'm hanging out with everybody at the end of the, end of the night, and I, and I bring it up to my friend Jordan, who was in, I talked about in the first podcast, the, who I was going to try to get to do the, a little bit scary thing with me. And I bring up that it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and he tells me it's this thing called the witching hour, uh, which I don't, I never like looked up more, and I don't fully understand, I don't really want to, but I believe it's like the opposite time that... Uh, Jesus died. This is going to sound like I'm a religious person. I'm not a religious person, but I worked at a religious summer camp. So I worked with a lot of religious people. But I guess I could see opposite time that Jesus died. So it's a time that, like, <laughs> it sounds silly saying it out loud, but the devil um, haunts you or something. Uh, so I was a little freaked out by that. But I still had to go back to sleep in the greenhouse. Um, you know, so I go back to sleep. I turn the light on, go back to sleep. And I wake up again, and the light's off. <laughs> and so I turn it off. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, I turn it on. I go back to sleep. And that was really all that happened this week. And I'm, I know I'm getting the weeks wrong, because week one and week five are popular weeks. But the first week that I was in the greenhouse, it's all that happened. I didn't really think a lot about it. I was happy to get out of the greenhouse and get in a regular cabin for a couple weeks. But then I got put back in the, in the greenhouse again. And this time, as I had said before, or rambled about before, I was alone. So I was way more terrified. Um, 
So I was the only one in the greenhouse. Um, and I took the same room because even though the light thing happened, <laughs> it was still the, the least creepy room in my opinion. And I turned on the light, excuse me, and I went to bed. And I don't remember which day of the week this happened. I did, I did this every night. But I do remember that one day of the week, that week, I woke up around 3 o'clock. Um, because at this point, if I woke up, I was checking my phone. So I'm sure I woke up other times too. But I woke up at 3 o'clock and the light was off. And so now there's no possibility that someone is freaking me out by sneaking in my room. I mean, I guess there's some possibility, but not a lot of possibility that someone is trying sneaking into, the, into my room in the greenhouse and turning off the light. Uh, so I turn, I, you know, I reach, turn the light on, and I, I look over, and my door is open. So, I didn't sleep the rest of that night. I shut the door and kept the light on, and I don't even remember what I did. I, I, I know I was awake. I probably listened to my iPod or played on the computer or something. Not that there was internet, but I had computer games. But I knew I wasn't going to sleep, and I really didn't sleep the rest of that week. So ho hopefully it happened later in the week, but I really don't remember it could have happened Tuesday, for all I really know. Um, this was years ago. Maybe five years ago at this point. Um, so yeah, I was really freaked out by it. But I made it through. I stayed there the rest of the week. Um, and I was telling people this story, and everyone started getting really freaked out. Um, but... You know, later in the summer, the camp gets more popular. Um, enrollment is bigger. So we have to put more um, staff members in the cabins to uh, so that we have adults with the kids. Um, we need two adults in each cabin every night. So the more cabins we get, the, more, the less people have to sleep at the greenhouse. So people were freaked out, but really no one had to go up there. So people weren't, you know. We'll kind of stop talking about it. Then the end of the summer happens. And at the end of the summer, the very last day, everyone's sad and tired and wants to go home. But the last thing we have to do is we have to clean out all the cabins. And that involves cleaning all the mattresses. <laughs> so, uh, you have to take the mattresses out of the bunk beds and spray them with um, some kind of disinfectant spray. Uh, and then put them back. So we were doing that, doing that, doing that, and then all of a sudden, someone screams, like like a legitimate scared scream. And so everyone's like, what's, what's going on? And they like walk over towards the scene, and they're a little freaked out. And a staff member had picked up a bed, dragged the mattress out, sprayed one side, flipped it over, and was about to spray the other side when they saw in Sharpie the words, or I guess the, the name, Emily. And then it had 99, which 
guarantees that a camper named Emily was there in the year 99, but nothing else. But all of us were terrified for at least a little bit. So, that's a story about when a joke becomes a real thing. When the people who create the joke leave, they've created that joke and it can turn into anything. And I'm sure they didn't mean to terrify us all, but, and I'm sure they didn't know that, you know, maybe maybe something supernatural was happening in the greenhouse. I don't really know. I mean, it just lights and open doors. Uh, But by giving it a name, it became real to all of us, and it scared the shit out of us. Um, That being said, the building, the greenhouse, doesn't exist anymore. There was literally no use for it, Um, and so they demolished it. Uh, And (laughs) people have joked that that released Emily, the spirit, into wherever that may be. So that's the story of that. I'm not really sure why I shared that with you or, or what I'll share next, but I'm interested to find out. You don't have to be. Thank you for listening.